Nakamura, Kinshasa! Cover by Nakamura! Nakamura is the Intercontinental Champion! Are you kidding me? Here is your winner, and the new Intercontinental Champion, King Nakamura! Oh, he's going one wing and he's on the chair, guys. No! What no! Is... Oh, no, no! No, Christian, turn it around! Oh, oh my God! Oh, he's got it. Oh, he's got it. Oh, he's got it. He's got it. Oh, my goodness. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. It's my name, Kenta. Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh, my God. Mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. Not with me. I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. <laughs> I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! You are impressionist. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh! Oh! Oh, jinx! Holy shit! How did that actually happen? Here we go. Look, I know you guys think I'm a real dick cheeseburger or whatever, uh, but this is KPPX Rebel Radio. Hang on. All right. This is the Top of Wrestling Podcast. Hope everybody's having a tremendous Wednesday. It's 12 o'clock, and you know what that means. The Professor and ODM are here to bring you good wrestling, good shit, good movies, good flicks, everything. All the good stuff that you can have on a Wednesday. And we have an exciting week coming up because tonight we have AEW Dynamite. This Friday is Rampage. Saturday is SummerSlam. Sunday is TakeOver. And today we're going to discuss it all as we also go back into our Monday Night Wars. Wow, it's going to be a fucking busy show. Get your beers cracked now. This may rival our very first uh, episode, the one that went like three straight hours. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the Professor Mark Fantasia, thanking you for joining us yet again. It's our 20th episode of this season. And if you have listened to us already, you've been subscribing, liking, and sharing like we know you have on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, ODM. <laughs> Professor, who'd win in a wrestling match, Lemmy or God? 
Lemmy. God? Wrong, dickhead. Trick question. Lemmy is God. <laughs> Who ends up being in this movie? Yeah, right. All right. I know we just it, we, we just kind of talked about it, and I didn't want to talk about it too much off air because then it would seem not as fun or real. But yeah, it took me all the way till just recently to find out that Lemmy was in a movie I've been watching that came out in '94. And I never knew that he was in this. And look at that, man. Lemmy, you got Motorhead, Triple H, right? I mean, Lemmy should be in the Hall of Fame, right? Time to play the game. Or evolution is a mystery. (laughs) I always like Ace of Spades. That's just a jam of mine. Yeah, man, it's classic. Brendan Fraser. You know what he's been accused of in Hollywood? Being a really nice guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's actually breaking back out on the acting scene. I know. But it, it, I, I've always felt bad for him because he really was kind of outed in certain ways or shit-casted or whatever. But he was good in The Mummy. That, I was going to say, here, here's a good one. The girl that's in this movie that plays his girlfriend, Kayla, they're together in the movie School Ties, where he plays the Jewish kid that oh, goes really? to uh, the prep school. Oh, yeah, right. she's in that. So, you know, just a little throwback there. But, hey, another Steve Buscemi movie, but yeah. I think... Might even be our first uh, Adam movie. I won't give the f- full name on that because it might give okay. everything away. But, but wow, maybe our first one with him this season, which is cool. Might be, yeah. I'm excited about this. This is a, especially, you already, I said the Dick Cheeseburger, which is a line from <laughs> Spinal Tap himself. Yep. Right? Let's go to 11. <laughs> All right. Who are you guys? I'm Pip. The band. The band. Band name. <laughs> this guy's not playing with a full deck of cards, is he? I like it. Doesn't wear a helmet, huh? <laughs> For all you care, our podcast could be me farting on a snare drum. I ain't farting on no snare drum. <laughs> I got to get this out of the way. There's no easy way to slip this one in there, but one of my favorite things. We're going to be uh, changing our format, and uh, we've been... Forced to restaff. Everybody mummers, and then you hear the girl, oh, all those blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have that one in my notes. <laughs> I didn't even know where it could go in the notes. I was like, oh, we're going to come across as dicks. Let's just talk about the scene itself, and it is what it is. Hey, obviously we're talking movies. Last week was, I can't lie. Jim Carrey, liar, liar. You know what we didn't talk about is he's like, yeah, I'm taking you to wrestling tomorrow night where we're going to see Macho Man Randy Savage and Rick Rude fighting the steel cage. We never brought that up last week. What are yeah, the odds? Weird. Yeah, it's a fucking wrestling show. You would think we would know what we're doing here. Well, we referenced the claw and, you know, real wrestling, uh, not the not the stuff on Channel 38. Well, how about this? You also have uh, Carrie Ellis, who's in uh, Princess Bride with Andre Giant. See, everything all comes together. Here we go. go. Hey, this week in news. Man, I last two weeks ago, two weeks ago. You're like, man, what would you do if Flair shows up in AEW? I go, I don't give a shit, man. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's Flair because everything I've seen him do is boring. He shows up at Triple A Triple Mania in the corner of future son-in-law Andrade and goes, Andrade, I'm your poppy. And 
dude, I actually am interested all of a sudden. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. What, what are your what are your what are your thoughts on this it, whole thing? I thought it's it was funny because I'm because you know, we were on opposite sides of the fence when I had brought it up, and you know, then I heard about it, and I kind of took like I feel like we flipped again. Like you're excited, and I'm not. Just because I saw some of the video of him giving chops to Omega, and I'm like, oh, Rick, come on. You don't have to do yeah, that. Yeah, he didn't have to get physical. Yeah, yeah. no, I'd be in the corner. I'm all about. I right, there cool. you go. There you go. Uh, so, no, it is still cool because they're uh, – God, Weekly Cornet reference. I heard him talking about uh, mm-hmm. one of the promoters, one of the big-name promoters uh, back in the day had a sign uh, in the office, and it said, personal, personal issues draw money. So, like, this is, like, real-life shit. And the thing is, is, like, the other piece of the story is in WWE. And they can play this in AAA. They can play it on Impact. They can play it on AEW. They can play it in New Japan if they wanted to. So they've got all these different companies, and they can reference the WWE. Not, like, in a snide way, but just, like, you know who these guys are. But not only that, that piece of the WWE was backstage with them at Triple Mania. Well, of course. She didn't appear, but she was there, and there's a picture of her backstage with Flair and Andrade. I was like, ooh, this gets interesting for me. This is why I'm here, okay? So follow me. Charlotte Flair is already a, what, 14, 15,000-time women's champion? Pretty much. Right? What's left for her to do in WWE? Nothing. What if her contract expires at some point and she goes rogue and, and does stuff on her own too? I'm just saying this was just seeing Flair with Andrade. I go, this could be a new family dynasty kind of thing that I'm I'm putting together. And I'm like, I'm not against, you know, kind of like I would love to see Adam Cole in AEW. Him and Britt Baker together could be a cool thing, too. Right. You know, the, uh, you mentioned that before. I'll give you that credit. So, I don't know. This kind of got me a little more interested to this, uh, more than I thought it was going to happen. Um, but Omega retained the title. But two full-time AEW contracted workers are still, still your AAA tag team champions. Do you know what that does for me? That makes me just say Tony Khan right now could be the next better Vince McMahon. Creating a big company with big stars, but hey man, I'm not going to lock you down that you have to stay here 24-7 and you can't go make some bread somewhere else. Because that, I mean, come on man, they're going back to their home country and still uh, putting on tremendous shows as champions. They're not just going there as attraction. And they keep defending it. Like, it's kind of like Omega is still the champion there, too. So this crossover stuff, is it's getting more and more interesting. And on top of that, I'm sorry. I know I know it's normally the news with ODM, but I had to kind of steal this first part. I've been so excited. Did you watch Rampage? I didn't. Uh, I was on a little staycation with my family. Uh, right on. So, uh, so um, Christian defeated i know you know but christian defeated kenny omega in rampage's opening match now i read the results and watched later and they go plus we have kenny omega versus christian which kicks off right now i go what 
You opened with the title change. Good for you. I like it. You got me interested. My issue is this, okay? First, do you remember... Maybe you don't because I I think this is kind of when you were starting to get back in or ducked out for a little bit, but WWE was trying to bring back the show main event, WWE main event. Its opening night was CM Punk, your WWE champion versus your world champion from SmackDown, Sheamus. And it was like a huge attraction match, right? I'm like, they were doing big things like that. I'm like, I hope Rampage doesn't go downhill like that. Does it, if you if that makes sense? What I'm trying to say. You blew your you blew your wad too early. You think they did right? with, with the yeah. win? But it's not also. But did they? It's not even your title. That could be a, that's a mid Carter's title at that point for that. Yeah. But let me say this: Did you see any of the the highlights of what happened? I did not. I have not Omega seen Omega took one of the best kill switches or unprettiers I've ever seen on top of a chair, hit his head dead on on the chair and almost put his head through like the back hole area. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my God, it was awesome. It was just tremendous. How like, It looked awesome. Hmm. And this was with the help of the Young Bucks coming out and trying to help with the chair. Um, afterwards, Jurassic Express who are going to face the Young of the young Bucks this coming, uh, or tonight, actually. Hey, didn't we rename these guys? Were they Old Bucks or Old Does or some shit like that? I forgot. We got we to find the new names. I don't know. Fuck the Bucks. That's right. It was just fuck the Bucks. So Christian wins the Impact Championship. I guess it still bothers me that they're like, Kenny Omega is the collector of titles. Well, one promotion has two titles as their world titles still, <laughs> and that's Impact. <laughs> I like the regular gold TNA title. I'm not really a fan of the Impact one. It looks like a mix of the WWE's ECW title and their X Division title. Just meh. Yeah. But either way, first, merge that title. (laughs) You're one company now. You're not TNA Impact anymore. You are just Impact, so get rid of it. But I was like, now you gave away your full main event. Or or not your full main event, but you gave away your main event to... All out, Christian is still undefeated. It shows that he can beat Moxley, but it's just almost the writing is a million percent on the wall now. You know he's not going to beat Moxley at all out. I would have rather him never touched Moxley in a, a match at least, or maybe have a tag or whatever, but it was stupid to have him just beat him right there because I was like, now it's just, it's it's written, and in a couple of weeks, September, uh, September 5th, there's no way that Christian wins this match. Yeah, probably not. I don't know. It's a it's a weird one. Uh, the way I'm looking at it is uh, the Hangman Page thing didn't pan out. Uh, you know, we'll just get to that real quick. He uh, yeah, uh, his, wife, up, yeah, his wife is pregnant, so he's going to be missing some time. Uh, so that's why he was pulled out of this match. Uh, you know what helps? The drinking man. He had whiskey dick. It just helped. Yeah. <laughs> it could have something to do. Maybe that's why he doesn't want to be in that PBR commercial. I don't know. Um, oh yeah. So, uh, yeah, man. Uh, so what I think is, is they didn't really have anything long term, and ultimately you got to get the title back on impact TV. 
Christian can leave AEW, or he could even split time evenly between Impact, you know, uh, kind of like Omega did. So I, I, I think that's probably the reasoning behind it. Ultimately, who cares if he has the Impact, you know, TNA championship? Uh, get that back on, on their TV and let them uh, let end up putting it on one of their stars. Um, and then in the meantime... You know, Omega will eventually drop, probably drop the AAA title to Andrade, I would think. Yeah, probably. And then probably. Down the road. Yep, and then the AEW title after that, I think. Maybe he'll drop the AAA on Impact. Or, I'm sorry, not on Impact, on uh, Dynamite. That could be a a chance, you know what I mean? Like, they're doing it on our soil, uh, or the soil, but. um, Could be Ray. Yeah. Ray Phoenix. Oh man, I would love that. Here's the uh, here here's the one, uh, a couple of things I got to say about Christian. I, I don't remember. I'm not going to even shed too much light as to where I found it, but some thread, and people were like, you know, for all the people who are complaining about Goldberg coming back, you're also the people who are really happy that Christian won the title. Um. Yeah, dude, I'm actually really happy that Christian won the title. Uh, Christian can still go. Christian still goes with the guys of today. Goldberg concussed himself hitting his head against a fucking door on the way out to a ring and then nearly killed the best legend of all time that has ever been in this business. Besides all that, personally, I, I think they kept saying like it's been seven years for Christian. He was out because he was a part of a concussion kind of protocol. He was out for a little bit too. He got concussed and he was just done. And to see him come back, it's kind of like time due. Like with Edge, I, I, I call it a soft spot because I love those guys when they you watch them from when they came in in like ninety eight, ninety nine. But I don't know. I, I'm actually really happy that Christian's doing this, but the biggest thing is, is that this isn't his first. If you want to call it Impact, TNA, blah, 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 whatever you want to call it, he was the world champion of that company at one point before. So it's almost even better that he came back to win that title. And like you had already said, and I think it's a great idea, he does go to Impact because why doesn't he? This could be the best part of his career if he just plays it right right now, you know what I mean? It working for both companies. He doesn't have to stay in just one. And the way we've seen Tony Khan work, I can see that happening. All right, man. What else you got for news? There you that's, go. that's exciting stuff. Last week, I feel like we started on a real somber note. It was like <laughs> nothing but shitty stuff. This week's good. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Every time I tried to say that Bobby Eaton died, you'd tell a joke or something and start laughing. So <laughs> it's like 60 seconds of you laughing and giggling. It's like, yeah, Bobby Eaton's dead. <laughs> and then I even say, I'm like, we just don't do death really well here, guys. <laughs> All right. So uh, New Japan Resurgence. Uh, Tanahashi defeats Archer for the U.S. title. I guess that kind of explains that. They'd rather have Archer get beat for the title by Tanahashi than Moxley, uh, even though Moxley called him out. So that's kind of cool. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, Mox was watching in the crowd. Uh, Good Brothers defeated Moxley and Yuji Nagata. G.O.D. confronted the Good Brothers post-match, so it's fucking starting. Ooh. We're getting there. And fucking... Dude! What? Right? I know, yeah. Yeah, it's got to happen. It's got to happen, man. Just get it on TV. Just get it on TV so I can see it. 
Well, um, in, in what you're saying is, I mean, because this is all right. Good Brothers are on two shows already, but now they're on their third with New Japan. God, even confronting them now, that gives them an opportunity to go to other shows that those guys are on. Oh, God. dude, this is fantasy booking at its best. It's the 2K version, and we've all been trying to play for years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Will Ospreay returned, lays his claim to the IWGP title. So uh, good to see he him back. back. And he goes, the butterfly belt is mine. <laughs> you almost had me there for a second. Cody's neck tattoo is mine. <laughs> Dear God, no! Let me ask you another question. No, but I'm actually glad that he's back because I didn't. I, I did not expect him to come back that soon. I thought he was going to be gone a pretty decent amount of time. So did I. And it was this season that we announced that he was uh, injured. So uh, maybe it was less severe than they anticipated. But the fact that he said he's coming back and aiming for that title, then I see him probably. In our main event at uh, Wrestle Kingdom, something like that. Definitely, he's got he's going to be in the upper card for sure. Did you hear Max Caster's rap? So here's the deal, man. I I heard he mocked Simone Biles and someone else, but I never got a chance to see either a full recap or the video of it because. At the exact moment of it, because it was AEW Dark's, I think, like, 100th episode or something like that. Yep. Or, like, it was a very packed episode, too. Um, they took it down and then re-put it back up without his rap. I never got to hear it. Do you have what he said? Yeah, so the important part is this. Uh, the claim kicking ass for Miles make you claim mental health like Simone Biles. Ooh, uh, <laughs> no, not good, bro. Not good. Followed it up with Seidel is going to pay the cost. I'm going to treat those bitches like Duke lacrosse. <laughs> oh, but you can laugh at that one. <laughs> <laughs> Hypocrite. It's mental health versus or whatever. <laughs> Either way, uh, it seems like he's going to be given like the uh, Sammy Guevara treatment. He's got to go to sensitivity training and... Uh, uh, I'm guessing they'll bring him back. Uh, I yeah. actually think that was a very cool, noble move because tell me you don't have more respect for Sammy Guevara now. He publicly apologized for, to Sasha Banks. Um, he seems more on the up and up, but he also, you know, he took it like a man. If if Caster does this too, same way Guevara did, I think it's a really cool move that uh, Khan and AEW does because... WWE is just like, oh, you did it, you're fired, and we're not going to back you up. You know what I mean? Like, it's, there's... Yeah, I look at it My example is this. Muhammad Usan. He didn't write that storyline. Yeah. You think it was his idea to do all that? No, that was your guy's idea, and you're like, no, you're fired. And he got completely screwed out of the wrestling business the rest of his life. Was not his idea. I can go on with a million other stories like that. So I'm saying you do a sensitivity training thing. I think that's just, that's really cool. I eh, like that. It's just PR to me personally, but. Fair enough. Whatever. Uh, I got to ask you a question before we get to the next piece of news. Who side you taking the David Lee Roth Van Halen spill it? <laughs> David Lee Roth. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> He's a cop. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. A hostage. He's a cop. Yeah. <laughs> He's the, dude. <laughs> what would you say? Rock and roll. That's what you're going to go to jail for. for saying rock and roll. It's a saying, Milo. 
If it's, if it's too, too loud, loud you're, you're too, too old. old. Dude, Joe Montana, and he is that's like what his only comedy movie. Oh, and I've seen him in other stuff. But, He's but, been like, on The Simpsons too. Yeah, Lisa that's true. Hey, speaking of that, <laughs> don't worry, you'll be home in time for The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, dude, how awesome is that for a reference? As soon as I saw it, I go, "Oh, ODM's gonna love this one." <laughs> yeah, All right, Yvonne, pack your shit and go home. You can go, you'll be home in time for Simpsons. I love that. That's a great. Hey, might as well get out there. You know, we do have a. Uh, a hat trick member of our show that's in this movie. I'll just play the pepper. <laughs> nah, I won't have. Let's not. Let's not do that. But <laughs> you guys are all woohoo and shit. <laughs> yeah. But I also. Oh like- come on! Let me back in. Come on. <laughs> chance. <Yeah>, chance. <laughs> like when the one guy who Milo's pulling away or trying to roll away. Where are you going, your little butt nut? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck it. You know what? Play the bumper. David Arquette won the world title. David Arquette won the world title. He can't believe it. David Arquette won the world title. All right, it may not have been three references, but it was three quotes of his in in a row. I figured that kind of goes for the hat trick right there. It works for me. It works for me. <laughs> All right. What else we got for news, man? All right. I, I so, know there's some other good stuff here. Yeah. So uh, Bronson Reed, uh, he, I saw him tweet this, uh, and I picked up on it right away. Loved it. Uh, hope it's true. I think it has some potential. So I'm going to read this like in a very stuttering kind of way. I'm going to do a lot of pauses, and there's a reason for this. So he did this on Twitter, and basically it was like a word, you know, and then next line was a word, and next line. So it was a sentence, but it was, you know. So it was grinding in violence. Every match, every moment is reality, of course. If you read the first letters of all those sentences, it says, give me Miro. Fucking hell. I know we talk about, you know, fucking the overflow of talent. and A lot of people getting picked up by AEW. That's got some potential right there. That's got some potential. Okay, so if everybody that was in the NBA right now, let's say LeBron James, and I don't even know who else is in the NBA anymore. Uh, I should probably pick a better sport that I know. It, you know what I'm saying? Let's All right, let's go back into the 90s. Let's say in the 90s we were all watching basketball, right? But let's say Jordan, Pippen, uh, Carl Starks. Malone. Yeah, uh Patrick Ewing, all the guys started going to a new different kind of NBA. Now, not not just those guys, but also your Latrell Sprewells, your up-and-comers, right? I'm talking, I'm saying like, yeah. if you see everybody going over there, you're going to say, why am I watching this? All the guys I like are over there. We liked Bronson Reed. We said there was nothing wrong with him. Good, big talent that can move. I'm okay with him going to AEW. Absolutely. he. Ne- I, I don't think that there's necessarily an overflow. If you keep AEW, and I said this before, and I, I'll repeat it again. If you keep AEW dark to all of your unknown talent, you make it your Sunday night heat. You make Rampage and Dynamite two separate rosters. One title, like you, uh, we both agreed. One title for all of it. And champions can bounce back and forth only. 
and they did the draft right, and they didn't do the well. We got like what was it? What was that stupid shit that WWE did? The well, there's the acceptance of five people that can come here per night, and but tonight we're gonna start with six. Oh yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was terrible. Right, we'll get but stuff, if AEW man. did it right, I think that could be very good because you do have a lot of talent, but it can be done the right way because you also have not just a lot of talent. you got a lot of smart road agents there. You have Dustin. You have Arn. You have Dean. You have Billy Gunn. Cody. If he, Billy Gunn, right? I mean, you have a lot of guys who are there, and Jericho, Moxley, and if you bring in Punk, you bring in Brian, right? Those are guys who have all been there long enough or in the game long enough that they can produce matches and go out and do a match every now and then if they need to, if that's their role. I'm just saying that there's possibilities to make two really good shows. But it would. But the smartest thing, dude, have we not even talked about it? Rampage is, a, is up against SmackDown. Right now it's after SmackDown, but don't tell me they're not going to move that thing to 8 o'clock eventually. That's a tough one because SmackDown right now, they claim, you know, WWE will always claim that Raw is their flagship show. SmackDown's the better show. It draws better numbers consistently. So that's going to be what tougher, What do you think, think. AEW look, did? They looked at that and said, hmm, that show actually has the better storylines and actually has more people who watch it. We should put a show on Friday nights. Give them an alternative. Just saying. Yeah. So I'm okay with Bronson Reed going there, a match versus Miro. And one thing we haven't mentioned yet, but Bronson Reed is most likely a part of the 30-day club, you know, where you only have to wait 30 days with this non-compete. He most likely is cleared to be for All Out. Let's say Miro doesn't have an opponent for All Out, and he has a, a on-the-fly match. He could probably even show up the week before on Dynamite or Rampage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so sweet. A lot of possibilities. Yep, absolutely. Uh, moving on to the next piece of news, Keith Lee has explained, uh, you know, why he's been absent for most of the year. And man, it's it's pretty simple when you think about it. It was it was COVID. Uh, I got a lot of quotes here. I don't want to really go through too much of it, uh, but apparently it was pretty pretty bad. Um, you know, Mia Yim, uh, right? Mia Yim's his girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, uh, actually, from what I heard, I think they just either got married. I think they or... just got married. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, he uh, she ended up getting it because she was taking care of him nonstop, uh, and he was forbidden to do any training or any activity outside of a light walk. Um, it basically he had like something wrong with his heart, uh, so it was like three four months. They had a few MRIs, um, and he was talking about he doesn't fit in the machines, so that was a pain in the ass, uh, and it basically kind of became a fight against death. Uh, they sent him to Pittsburgh to get looked at. Uh, he was having to have to go genetic testing and all kinds of other shit because um, they thought he might have heart disease. Uh, but apparently his heart is, has gotten better. So, uh, you know, and obviously he's been in the ring. So, yeah, it's one of those scary things, man. Uh, you know, I hate to equate it to Brody Lee, but it's it's one of those things. Like shit can just go south and you have no control over it. And, you know, luckily he came out all right on the other side. Absolutely. And it's... It's funny because not funny, but whatever you want to call it, but everybody's like, where is he? Where is he? WWE is holding him off, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, look, man, I, I, we like to blame WWE for a lot. I mean, you see me do it a lot on here, but when I know that they're to blame, I, we were not 
ever blaming Keith Lee for or ever blaming WWE for keeping Keith Lee on the side. We were like, what's going on? <laughs> That's more of a question. We just didn't know what was up. And we thought it was maybe something kind of we thought actually medical issue like this. We thought it could have been something that was keeping him from the ring. And I'm glad that he's back. Um, and like you said, that he got it under control. Uh, it's yeah. It, sometimes people need breaks, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thankfully, like I said, he's, uh, he's all right. All right, let's time to talk shit, all right? Uh, per Meltzer, and probably from just what you've read from all these fucking headlines, there is a toxic power struggle within WWE, uh, which is what led to the NXT releases. Uh, basically, uh, I'm trying to find the quote here. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, there is no quote. All right, so but basically this is reported from Meltzer. <laughs> eh, it's close enough. Uh, basically, bro... Um, Higher-ups within WWE are fearful about their futures in the company if Triple H takes over. So they want to undermine him. So basically they're saying that it's his fault that NXT lost the war to AEW. Uh, and he's the reason that they're going to rebrand everything. Bro, I had this thought, and I almost put it in my bring it to the table, but I left it here for the news because I want to discuss it. We fantasy book all the time. There's a ton of times I just talk shit and just throw shit out there, even if it's ridiculous. But let's just think about this. Let's just think about this. Let's say this is all true, and it goes the worst possible route to the point where Triple H is like, fuck it, take me off the books, here's your stock back, I'm selling it, and I'm fucking out of here. And what if he fucking goes to fucking Tony Khan and says, listen, regardless of who won the war, I know, no, just, but let's just talk about it. It's a thought experiment. I don't expect it to happen. But just you know who his dick goes at the end of the night, right? Uh, Probably the hooker on Maine. <laughs> or Dakota Kai, I don't know. <laughs> It goes into a billion-dollar princess. Does it not? It does, but you don't you think know. He's not going to stay there the rest of his life, no matter what. That's why I said if it goes the absolute worst, where they basically force him out. I don't think they're going to force him out. I think that the first part of what you said is true. That the higher ups are trying to prove a point. That, you know, like if Triple H does take over, you know, their jobs, they feel like they're in jeopardy. Here's the thing. You can say that NXT lost the war. But you can't the you. How do you blame Triple H? Who does the call ups? Who does call ups? Vince, you've pulled all the best stuff that you had. Now, when the war began. Do you remember the first night or the second night in the wars? AJ Styles and uh, Doc and Carl Anderson showed up on NXT. We were yeah. like, see, this is where you need to go. Holy shit. Because we were like, wow, all of Elite and, and uh, Bullet Club just ran all of NXT and AEW that night. That was so cool. You had possibilities, and then you kept bringing guys up to the main roster. You're even Damian Priest. You're uh, you're you're doing it again with Karrion Cross. You did it with everybody that has been on your main on NXT, other than Gargano, Champa, and Undisputed Era. Everybody has gone back and forth. Finn Balor said he wants to go back to NXT and stay there. What was he there? Year and a half. Now all of a sudden he's back up into uh, WWE. He's another one. That's it. Hopefully he just went up and he's like, yeah, I'll appease you guys for a couple months till I can get out of here. It's, I can't see your alternative 
route happening. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to oh, argue I, against I, you. I just I don't. don't th- there's I... no way. There's no way with what what his lifestyle is and who he's with, and unless Tony Khan is gonna give him Folk his control. daughter. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if that's weird. That's a weird one. We're gonna blow right past that one. Okay. Yeah, it's a what if. No, hey, that wasn't. Hey, I, she could be. Uh, speaking like of Adam Cole. Uh, uh, per Meltzer, he uh, hasn't decided where he's going yet. Uh, apparently, uh, the meeting with WWE, like we said uh, previously, went well. Uh, but apparently, he still hasn't decided. Uh, let's see what else is over here. Uh, yeah, so Tony Khan said he hasn't made an offer to Adam Cole, uh, but obviously, he's one of those guys they'd like to have. So it's going to be interesting. Um, can't really say I'd be disappointed either way, unless he goes up to the main roster, in which case I'm going to be disappointed. Well, then I'm going to be very disappointed. Let me ask you this question. Is he working on an extended contract, or is he working with no contract right now and just a handshake deal? No, he officially extended his contract to end the day after SummerSlam. So, which means 30 days after that. At least, yeah. Okay. If he was to leave, I was only asking because I'm like, well, is it off of the contract that technically expired and he's been working off of since right. Great American Bash? Because I'm like, then he could show up wherever he wants to, maybe in AEW by All Out. I mean, could you imagine just the huge star power by the end of All Out if you just looked at it just the right way? Right now, we're looking to possibly have. I don't know. It's funny because I don't think Brian's going to be there at all the way it's sounding because he's supposed to be held off till end of September at that right. New York show. The week before our show, yeah. Yeah. Um, but right now you got everybody who's already on your AEW roster, but now supposedly you would say Bronson Reed, any of your other NXT releases recently, plus CM Punk. Malachi Black has already just completely demolished Cody Rose in minutes. So – we're off to a great start with what All Out's already going to look like. Um, Sidebar to that, did you happen to see what I posted on our Facebook page? It's the Key and Peele, uh, Barack Obama handshaking with <laughs> white people versus black people. <laughs> but it's CM Punk saying hi to certain people. And he sees, like, guys, he's like, Arn Anderson, hello, hello. And then he sees someone like Mox, he's like, yo, bring it here. That's why we're here, man. Like, but at the very end, he sees MJF, goes, hi, and just walks straight by. I'm like, beautiful ending. I think it wasn't um, one the one that goes up and tries to hug him. It says it's Cole Cabana, and he's like, uh-uh. Oh, that was a great one. Ooh, that's another thing that, like, yeah, yeah, like it's get how, a little how about awkward. that? He's been he's been doing pretty decent in AEW, and now all of a sudden, if Punk comes in, look, let let's just jump to that. All right, well, first, let me, well, yeah, let's jump to that. All right, this Friday, two days from now, it's the first dance, which is a huge play off of the last dance, which is the Chicago Bulls thing, um, Punk. Played into it, we said a couple of weeks ago, by playing that Bulls theme. It's at the United Center in Chicago. All signs are pointing that he is going to be there. It was basically set on it during like an NFL game this past weekend for uh, preseason. They're like, this is going to be a pretty big thing here in Chicago, presumably until CM Punk shows up this Friday. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Wow. Kayfabe, it's asshole. Like- 
<laughs> but not only that, it's just more of like, wow, is it getting that much coverage that he's coming back? Man. Okay. That place is going to burn down if he's not there. You know that, right? What's going to kill me is it's just going to be a promo. It says, like, CM Punk at All Out. That's coming this soon. That's the first Maybe. dance. Yeah, like, oh, it's a new Glacier promo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, that's so hysterical. All right. So if let's let's just get into it. All right. First, we have Jurassic Express and Young Bucks tonight for the tag titles. Um, I bet Bucks retain. Right? That's just kind of. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but tonight or in two days, Rampage. We know that Miro and or not Miro. I'm sorry. Darby Allen said he's going to be there. Sting's going to be there, which was already the first sign. And, you know, you got you said it. And it's funny that you were like, what if they turn on him and, and go heal? I'm like, that's random. Then I read it in like two other different places. And I go, wow, people are really thinking Sting's going to go straight heel. But I was like, but you don't expect it. We didn't expect Hulk Hogan to turn heel in 96. So no. why would you expect that right now? I'm like, I don't know. There's possibilities. The fact that they are, they said they want to wait until September for Daniel Bryan. I still would like to see a swerve and he shows up at Rampage or All Out or something. I, I, I don't understand why he has to wait. He's been gone longer than anybody next to Punk. You know what I mean? From WWE. Well, yeah. He's been away. Like, like he could have been there probably like last month with, with the no compete, I think. But either way. What are your scenarios? What happens if, most likely, when Punk walks out the curtain? I don't know, man. I'm glad that you're bringing this up now because I feel like I have to prepare for Friday. Like I have to have like my evening set up to be like, okay, as long as everything is done by this point, that gives me time to get sat, you know, sit up, go to the bathroom, get everything I need because I ain't moving. I may even ask well, my wife to let funny me smoke a cigarette that. in the fucking room, you know, just have to well, get I'm, up. All right, well, I'm. I'm going to say this right now, and to everybody who is listening, if you know me, do not text me. I am going to be possibly a little busy. I got some friends coming that's, in. That goes to now. you, Nightwing. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. <laughs> but y'all never forget the guy. I, I'll tell you this, man. I Straight up, this was a true story. I think I told you this. The Hiroshi, Kana, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kazuchika Okada, Wrestle Kingdom main event match. It was like Wrestle Kingdom... 10 or 11 whatever one it was and i was working for the old radio show guy texts me one of the listeners and he goes okada baby and i just wrote cunt because i was like it's eight in the morning do you think i stayed up i got a job dude i wasn't staying up and watching that thing at three in the morning are you serious like come on dude don't do that to me so that's what i'm going to text you if you give me a result but that being said i have friends coming in from out of town and I'm like, well, they're going to be here for a couple of days, and the next day is going to be kind of a busy day. So I'm going to be like, Ugh, I'm going to wrap it up here at like 9.30. I'm like, well, we got to get going here. I really want to watch this thing live. So, But if in case I can't, yeah. So oh, now yeah. that you're saying you got to prepare for it, who meets him? Unless he just comes out and calls someone out. Who? All right, hang on. Let's go through scenarios. He calls someone out. He comes out to talk, and someone interrupts. And or sets up a match at all out whenever this whatever those happens. So if he comes out 
goes to put Mike to his mouth and gets interrupted by someone, I'm calling either Daniel Bryan or MJF. But MJF <sighs> is feuding with Jericho, so why do that? Unless Punk is a laborer of Jericho's. You beat me to it. That's what Meaning I was just going to say. I beat say. your laborers, now you got to beat my laborer? Uh, no, just... It, it, do, or, or actually, yeah, no, just think about CM Punk in the pinnacle. And just MJF talking He'd have shit. to play second fiddle, and he wouldn't to MJF. Well, there you go. Or, he could, or CM Punk could just immediately turn on MJF. <clears throat> I don't know, man. I, you know man, what? And ultimately, I, here, here's the way it's going to go. He shows up. I'm popping. I'm going to scream. I'm going to piss my wife off. I'm going to get the dogs all riled up. It's going to be awesome. Uh, let's say, I'll say 90 seconds after that is when I'll start nitpicking everything that I didn't like about it. Cause it's going to happen no matter what. I'm going to find something to shit on about it. It's going to happen. Uh, whether it be who he's feuding with or the lack of involvement, kind of like when Christian debuted, came out, waved and left. Right. You know, Um, Oh, that'll bother me if he comes out just... You hear cult personality and you just names and then they just go and they go, all right, well, up next is going to be Jurassic Express taking on 2.0. <laughs> yeah. So I don't care, man. I just want to see it. I just want to hear the music hit. I want to hear the pop. I just want the moment. I, well, all right. So you know that Triple H admitted on Raw that they had to purchase the rights to use Living Colors, Cult of Personality. Yeah. They most likely do not have those rights anymore because they are not using that wrestler, so what's the point of keeping the song? Tony Khan very easily can pick up a song or two anytime he wants to. We've seen him take Wild Thing, Old 55, so wouldn't be shocked. No. Wouldn't be shocked if he had a new song. That would be even cooler. A brand new uh, rebirth uh, of CM Punk, you know, just completely different. Man, you want to go real different? Dye your hair back to bleach blonde like you did in Ring of Honor. Just throw me off. Do something different. Do you know what would be even better? AJ walks out to the ring with him. There you go. I, I We've never talked about AJ, but why can't she be anywhere in this mix? Isn't she like a cartoonist or a writer? Or... No, she's a person. Oh, God. You want to take a step back? You're really standing on my dick, man. <laughs> I saw Anthrax and Public Enemy. Did you catch that one, G? <laughs> Pie hole. Is that crack a slang? I l- <laughs> All the while, while he looks 100% like uh, uh, Malcolm X. The glasses, the hair. <laughs> oh, I, Dude, I, I got to say, though, probably Steve Buscemi's best role. Hey, hey, you, I'll fill your body with so much fucking lead. <laughs> Over there against the wall, please. Oh, I boy. am Pip. I'm, uh, I'm the one. You're Pip, okay. That's, all right, we got to send out. We got to send out someone. I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, um. <laughs> yeah, don't forget about that time that the that kid, remember he was on Dateline, he uh the, the cops tasered his balls. And yeah. he, and he sued him once his pubes didn't grow in. He got a million dollars. <laughs> Still got no hair in his balls, man. 
All right, do we have any other... Oh, let me bring my scenario up. That's what I wanted to say. Here is my scenario with Punk. I thought maybe MJF. Too obvious. Darby Allen is a possibility, and I feel like it's almost too obvious because they made a hint at it. But now I'm really starting to lean towards a, a heel thing. But at the same point, Darby is one of your top faces that people absolutely love. Can't see them turning him heel. Personally. If there's anybody he's going to challenge, I would say Miro. No. Um, what if he came in, for real, at a very unexpected time? You got Malachi Black in the ring. You're thinking you're going to be getting Cody versus Malachi Black at All Out, and Punk comes out. Because... The whole thing for him to do this is not to go back and fight your Jerichos, your Cody's, and your Moxley's. He's been there and done that. Here's your chance to fight some guys you've never gotten the chance to fight before. I don't think he's going to be able to fight Omega. <clears throat> There's no reason to do that because now you got him feuding with Christian. So, I think that's, that's where I go is the Malachi Black Road. Unless, now that would be kind of good in reverse too. Punk comes to the ring. He gets interrupted by a Malachi Black. Um, the only other thing I would personally like or accept is the double extra surprise or turn or whatever you want to call it. Daniel Bryan shows up or Bryan Danielson. That would be the best thing for him. That's, I, I think, possible where I wouldn't have to nitpick like you're saying. Because it's like, please, we're probably going to get him versus Luchasaurus. <laughs> 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 Um, and just one other piece of news that I threw in here is that uh, reportedly Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair is now in jeopardy and being off the table for SummerSlam. Um, they took them off the – they were on the road for bookings, and now they're not together anymore. Oh. Mike went out. Oh, and now they're, uh, now they're not doing anything live. So I don't know what the plan is right there. Uh, they took it off the road. They took it off SummerSlam. So I don't know if it's health or COVID or anything, but – that's the, the news we got going right now. Do you want to run down our list for Saturday, uh, for Saturday and Sunday? Saturday and Sunday? Shouldn't we go to the table first? Oh, all right. Well, well let's go to the table. Just bring it, bitch. Oh, my God. Do you know what it's like? To be on the bill and play for 15 minutes and the only people to see there are the other bands and their girlfriends. Don't talk to me about podcasting, bruh. I'm out there in the clubs and in the streets. I'm living it. It's rough in the streets. I am fucking podcasting. <laughs> what I mean by that. Uh, is... <laughs> I love that. And then it's guys like you that in uh, that guy down at Palace Records. But I'm trying to think of who it is. Judd oh. Nelson. Yeah, uh, 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 did I have it? No, I... I don't want his real name. Uh, I don't want the kayfabe name for the it, show. I just met Judd Nelson as Yeah, the guy. Judd Nelson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which little... B. B Arthur. Hint. Fantastic. <laughs> or outstanding. Outstanding. <laughs> little uh, hint. Judd Nelson's next week's movie, too. See, si, correcto. Right? Yeah, but, you know... I know you said you wanted to bring something to the table. I'm dying to hear what you have. Um, I was just actually going to, you know, read off my list of demands, but you already went with my B. Arthur pictures. So, <laughs> all right, go ahead. All right, a little piece of news that I kind of – not news, uh, history uh, that I 
never really heard talked about too much. I thought it was interesting, so I'd bring it up. Uh, and that's Shinsuke Nakamura and Brock Lesnar in New Japan. Uh, basically, Nakamura was an MMA fighter, and uh, Anoki was kind of trying to cross you know those worlds together, wrestling and MMA, uh, and signed Nakamura, and they nicknamed him. He was nicknamed Supernova because he shot to the top so fast. Uh, 23 years old when he won the title. The world championship youngest iwgp champion ever um and i think it was only a year and like three months after his debut that he won that title uh and then after that uh brock lesnar came in now we all know how brock lesnar left wwf i uh, actually had a lawsuit with wwf and vince uh, based on his contract status and his non-compete clause uh and anoki picked him up because again he wanted a legitimate champion um and it just became a shit show. Uh, Nakamura was really depressed. He didn't like his performance. Um, Lesnar didn't really give a shit about the business, or at least that was Nakamura's impression. Uh, and then Brock got pissed at Anoki and just took the title and went back to Minnesota or Saskatchewan and uh, kind of held the, the the title hostage for a while there. So uh, it's interesting that two of the biggest name IWGP champs ever uh, had this uh, chance encounter where it just didn't work out very well. Just thought it was an interesting story. Which, yeah, I mean, and and they could even try to recreate it one day in WWE, but still won't, which is sad because you got Nakamura right there. Absolutely. Who is uh, the, new, the new Intercontinental Champion? And, and so that's pretty fucking cool. Saw that. I was excited about that. Um, I got to be honest, man. Nothing to bring this week. I didn't have anything, and I didn't want to fudge one and just bring something up for no reason whatsoever. Got to be honest, there's so much stuff going on. We watched so much wrestling this past uh, week because of our own personal Monday Night Wars and everything we had to do. Plus, you know, this weekend we got NXT, we got SummerSlam, I got things I'm excited about. I had a tree fall on my RV. It's just been a lot of fucking fun in the last couple of days, so I'll be honest with you. I have nothing to bring to the table. You serious, Clark? <laughs> Save the neck for me. <laughs> hey, man, you know what I really want? If I was going to do some, uh, like, a list of demands, I would want 67 copies of Moby Dick. Book or the movie? They made a book out of that? All right, yeah, do the book. <laughs> Dude, I, that's one of the funniest lines. <laughs> the, well, football helmet for absolute cheese. <laughs> Naked pictures of B. Arthur. What? Chick from the Golden Girls. Yeah, I know who she is. <laughs> Which we discussed in this. You got half the Ghostbusters in that. Yeah. With Ernie Hudson and uh your opening one with the Lemire God with Harold Ramis. Is it Rami? Ramis? Ramis? Ramis. Okay, it was worth shot. I don't know. I just Rooney. sure. I didn't I didn't know if it was like Francais. But I haven't gotten a full submission from this guy. So either we're playing Nightwing or we're playing crickets. Here it is. Nobody in the whole building but us, Nightwing. Wing. Huh? It's Nightwing. Really? Huh. Guess I was thinking of that goofy mullet you used to have. Yeesh, that was like a whole decade of bad hair days. This is such good shit. 
bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now, the bills are making it happen now. Stand up now, come on and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. about what happens to us in the future we become assholes or something give me a hell yeah you want a war you're gonna get me mick foley is going to win their world title has been paid for by the new world order come on vince step into the ring doing out on a Tuesday night Johnny can't read Johnny can't write because it's the Monday night wars you like that yeah that was good that was good tickle the throat a bit all right man we are revisiting a lot of stuff this week from 25 years ago because in 1996 it was a busy week you had Thursday night was clash of the champions number 33 on Sunday, you had WWF SummerSlam, and of course, Monday was the Monday Night Wars. Let's start reading down some of the uh, results. There was a lot of things to go through. One of my favorite things actually did happen at Clash of Champions. They even reshowed it on Nitro, which is great, but go ahead. Let's talk about Champions. All right, so <clears throat> it's interesting because, you know, Clash of Champions, you know, most of their titles were being defended. Uh, and for the most part, everything stayed pretty static. Uh, you kind of expect that this wasn't a show where they were going to pull a swerve. Uh, they were just giving you, uh, you know, a mini pay-per-view. Uh, so we uh, start off with Rey Mysterio, uh, who's currently the Cruiserweight Champion, defeating Dean Malenko. Again, mm-hmm. status quo. Uh, and then we got your throwaway match for the night, VK Wall Street defeating Jim Duggan. Uh, after Not the first time we'll be talking about that one today. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Conan <laughs> defeated Ultimo Dragon, Ultimate Dragon, with Sonny Ono. Uh, we've got another rematch from uh, Hogwild as Medusa defeated Bull Nakano. Hopefully the ending on this one was a little bit better. Uh, little, it wasn't a rematch because they didn't <clears throat> use the, uh, the sledgehammer to the bikes on this one. Yep, there you go. Uh, here is well, the one swerve of the night, though, uh, that I honestly never realized. I, I was not aware of this. Is uh, Eddie Guerrero actually defeated Diamond Dallas Page to win the Battle Bowl Championship. I didn't know it was a thing that they actually defended until we started doing this, so it was pretty interesting. Uh, yep. So, yeah, that was definitely uh, you know an interesting one. Uh, I'm assuming this next thing is what you were referring to. No. Or yes? Oh, I was uh, clearing my oh, throat. Oh. I apologize. <clears throat> Rooney. Uh, the Giant defeated Chris Benoit. Yeah. 
Uh, giant just comes as soon as the bell rings. Giant just goes running to the corner where Benoit is and just hits him with a drop kick, like Daniel Bryan style. And I was like, "What? <laughs> so awesome!" And defeats him quickly because Giant's pissed off that he just lost that world title, man. So he comes out and just quickly beats Benoit, who has been like one of your best match contenders. Look what he did at Hogwild with Malenko. You know what I mean? Like all these things that he's doing as of recent, and he gets squashed by Giant pretty quick. Just thought it was uh, – I like how they did that whole that whole match. It was awesome. Yeah, absolutely, and it keeps it keeps the Giant strong. Listen, as Benoit is mm-hmm. – Benoit is definitely shooting to the top pretty quick, uh, but he can take a loss, especially to the Giant. Nothing wrong with getting squashed. So no, that works. Absolutely. Uh, this one was another no-brainer. Harlem Heat uh, fought the Steiner brothers and Sting and Luger to a no contest uh, and a triple threat for the tag titles. Uh, again, that's basically every tag team match almost for the titles on Nitro. You know, That's how they won the titles was that exact setup. Yeah. Yeah, when uh, <laughs> the Outsiders came out. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. With the aluminum up. bats. Aluminum bats. Yeah, one of them was gimmicked. Uh, so yeah, after that, Ric Flair ended up defeating Hogan, but by DQ. So again, status you know what quo. I always hated after every time there was a world title or intercontinental or even a tag team title match or whatever kind of match that someone won by count out or DQ, they still had to go. However, the title did not change or cannot change hands by that. Therefore, your cha- we know, Dick. You don't have to yeah, tell us right. Time. We know. Well, we know who won. Yeah. The announcers just said it sixteen times. It's to get heat on the heel. We know that. But I it's know. over the top. It's like, bro, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why it makes me mad. It's it's good heat. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's what it's intended for. So that was that was clash. I mean, really, this was kind of like your. I think I've said this before. Clash of the Champions is Saturday night's main event WWE's. You know what I mean? At that time. But except that this time they stopped doing Saturday night from 92 all the way into whenever they resurrected it again. Um, Clash is still going. And I'm glad that it is because do you remember what the very first Clash of the Champions rivaled? Rivaled as in what it went up against? That night. Was it WrestleMania? Let me tell you this right. It was WrestleMania 4. And they put it up against with Flair versus Sting for the title, and it goes to a 45-minute draw. You had alternatives that night, man. They gave away a free show that night as an alternative. I just thought that was really, really good. I just did smart booking. We're seeing AEW do that right now with Rampage. (laughs) On to... SummerSlam. Look, man, last week I made a mention of something. You remember I, I mentioned that I, I watched this with a, a buddy who's now incarcerated? Yes. Yeah, well, I got stories about this night, man. A lot of stories. But the ending of it is really the best part, and I'm going to save it for the main event. Did I give it away already last week? Your personal story or what happened in this pay-per-view? Personal. Oh, uh, uh, no, I don't think so. No, I didn't. No. All right. Because I've retold the story a couple times recently. 
to like my wife and my mother-in-law um therapist and they got a great kick out of it yeah well when you hear the story you might think so um i to this day or until just recently had never watched the actual end of SummerSlam. we'll get we'll get there and we'll talk about why but in the opener we have that bikini beach blast off that really isn't anything at all it pretty much was a nothing thing and it was more actually of a false advertisement than anything there was like no contest or anything but we did get a contest between steve austin and yokozuna where yokozuna goes up for the bonsai drop and pulls the top rope down with him and falls backwards and that's all steve austin needs to get the roll up one two three that's how they kick off SummerSlam. All right, man. You want to read SummerSlam results? Yeah, I'm curious in your opinion after rewatching this. And we mentioned last week we we oh it should this should have been maybe the honorable mention. We should have moved. Oh my god! Yep. As soon as I started watching this, I go maybe it's because we're in '96 right now. I put it there and I feel so stupid yeah. that I did. And I was like, I got to go back. I wish we could re-record that entire topic because I, I already like, had ah. a couple of years ago. I had already was like. I was like, yeah, man, SummerSlam 96, I remember that shit. And I went back and watched it. I'm like, well, the Boiler Room match was good. <laughs> exactly. I think it was all about the Boiler Room match. Yep. Kind of so, like King of the Ring 98. It was just the hell in a cell. <laughs> yep. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Savio Vega versus Owen Hart opens up the main show. Uh, Owen has the cast back on. I thought after it came off last week, they'd be like, okay, we'll finally put this thing to bed because it's been the whole time we've been doing this. Uh, still grimy. Uh, Owen snatched the sign out of a fan's hand. Always love seeing shit like that. Uh, Ref makes it clear at the beginning of the match, if Owen uses his cast, he's going to get DQ'd. Um, they're starting to push this whole narrative that Cornette is only caring about Vader right now. Cornette's not at ringside with Owen. He's backstage yep. with Vader, uh, who's pumping up, getting ready for the match uh, in the main event. Uh, let's see. Uh, Savio did a post spot. It looked really forced. Like it was like a roll up and Owen pushed him and Savio seemed yeah. to lunge forward into the post. It was kind of bad looking. Uh, later in the match, Clarence Mason comes out, starts cheering on Owen. So they're really starting to push that more. Uh, asking to see maybe if he's taking over Cornette's territory. Uh, at the end of the match, the finishes, Owen plays possum, uh, is able to slip that cast off and, and hit uh, Vega without the ref seeing it. Gets uh, locks in the sharpshooter, even though Vega's unconscious. Vega can't respond. Match is called. I kind of like that tactic. You could have just went for the pin and got it, but you put him in the submission because he can't answer it because he's knocked out. Easy win. I like that. Uh, Nearly twenty minutes for an opener. I yeah. thought it was a really it good a opener for SummerSlam. I that's why I was like, all right, good pay per view. So it wasn't bad to start. I mean, this you you put the right guys out there to get the crowd going on a good guy versus bad guy. Owen in any capacity of an opening match is going to be great because whoever you're putting him against, of course, is going to be a, a good guy, and it's that's just money. And, no Ve- and, and Vega's a fan favorite. Absolutely. So, yeah, it was like perfect, perfect match. Uh, Clarence Mason ends up congratulating Owen. Of course, Owen's eating it up because, you know, anytime you give him praise, he's going to eat that shit up. Uh, Justin Hawk Bradshaw comes out uh, and takes out Vega, so I guess that's the next feud. Um, because we're just jumping people at the end of the SummerSlam yeah, match. Pretty now. much okay. like AEW. Uh, Todd Pettengill is in the boiler room. <laughs> he explains the ominous surroundings of the boiler room. There there are things in here. 
He didn't even say like boilers. He just said there are things in here. Like you could, if you said boilers, I'd have been like, yeah, yeah, man, you're absolutely right. Wow, it's like naming your laundromat, laundromat. Um, he, by the the interview with mankind, it was. I just so love. There's no place like home. Yes, he is home. He's in the boiler room. I remember watching the actual boiler room, and, and there's some things I want to bring up, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that match when we get there. So, all right. Um, what else happened here? So, so next we've got our four way elimination tag match for the WWE tag titles. WWF. Wow, I wrote WWE. Uh, it's the new improved rockers, the body Donna's, the Godwins, and the smoking guns with Sonny. Skip. Is in a neck brace, uh, injured at an MSG house show, apparently a fractured fifth vertebrae. I'm going to be a mark here. I don't know if this is a work or a shoot. Based on how how the match played out, I think it's a shoot. So basically what happens is um, Zip is the only one that's really in for this match. I don't think Skip comes in at all. Um, Let's see. So Phineas, you're right. And, I never see him take a bump. Yep, he does. I don't think he comes in at all. Like he gets in the ring, but that's at most. Phineas and Zip I wonder Santana's, if he just did it just for just to get them to the thing since they weren't going to win anyway, and just kind of keep to the the advertisement because I mean that's how guys were back in the day. Yeah, it, it's weird. Phineas and Zipper are in the ring, and they both tag. They each both tag one of the guns. So the idea is based on the rules, the guns have to face each other. They stall for like 30 seconds. They get zipped back in, and he's eliminated super quick. So that's based on that. I'm thinking it might have been a real injury. Like, listen, this neck brace is good enough just to keep you stable while you're walking out there. Don't take any bumps. Get back. Uh, so, I, again, I don't know if that's the case or not. Um, uh, twice, uh, one of the Rockers accidentally bumps Billy Gunn. Uh, they start pushing that dissension, and then actually the Rockers get eliminated because Leaf bumps Janetti right into the ring, uh, and he takes a slop drop. So it's down to the Guns and the Godwins, and basically uh, there's a distraction uh, by Sonny, and the Guns get the win. Uh, Sonny gets on the mic, cuts a promo, basically says, uh, I want to make the place look better, and drops a banner of her showing her titties. It was not her... <laughs> She was wearing clothing, dude. <laughs> okay, cleavage is still showing her titties. I know. Wrong? It's just really wrong? the way you just made it sound is like it was just like a Playboy picture. Because you know damn well that anybody that was at that show went home and told his boys, yo, they dropped this banner. Sonny was showing her titties. You're screwing on my $7,000 couch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pip, put the monster away. <laughs> <laughs> What is it? The too cute. I must be stupid routine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after this, McMahon starts putting over the crowd in the universe, uh, recapping the events before SummerSlam. Uh, it's weird because they showed the guns and the Godwins. Uh, Billy Gunn was in a cast. He had a cast on his arm. It was weird because he didn't have it during the match. So I don't know if it was like, all right, bro, you're going to be at SummerSlam and you got to wrestle. Well, you can put a cast on for three days. You got to take it off after that. <laughs> That's probably what it was. He borrowed Owens. There you go. They had a, a, a race between the guns and the Godwins. The Godwins took a bus, and the guns were in a horse-drawn carriage to see who could get to the arena first. Lame. What I did love was Jerry Lawler with the Cleveland Indians talking to Sandy Alomar Jr. about, tell me how to, tell me how to throw a, sp- a spitball. He's like, no, let me pile drive you. It's like, 
That's my finisher. He's like, I'll pile drive you. <laughs> oh, it was great. This whole uh, segment was really awkward to watch, man. It, I was it, like, it, it was. This was like watching all the last week with everybody riding on their motorcycles at Hogwild. I was like, but worse. I just want this segment to be over. Uh, yeah, so basically, uh, superstars were cleaning up graffiti. And then apparently, Undertaker and Paul Bearer gave away a funeral. Like, literally, like, they, they like somebody won their funeral. Uh, and so I what they did the, is they, and they're like, that's cool. So what's your name? John Taylor. Okay, John, we're going to kill you right now, and we're going to bury you. you get a free funeral on us. Well, I don't, I don't remember if it was Todd or if it was Kevin Kelly doing the announcing for this, but he goes, that guy's a few years away, so he can save it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, kayfabe, he died. Yeah, <laughs> kayfabe, Bell. Uh, next, we had British Bulldog versus Psycho Sid. Uh, again, Cornette is not at ringside. Uh, Clarence Mason does come out and he's cheering on Bulldog. Uh, Cornette is watching the match now while Vader's still warming up. Uh, Bulldog hits a power slam. Cornette ends up showing up to run down Mason, kind of calling him out. Uh, Bulldog goes for a second power slam, but Sid reverses into a choke slam and then a power bomb and, and gets the win. So, uh, very uneventful match, but they're setting up the whole dissension in Camp Cornette thing. Um, after that, we got another in your house uh, promo spot with aliens, uh, and, and the aliens the, again. And the guy in the couch uh, references it, you know, brings it up. Oh, you guys are back, yeah. Uh, then apparently a bunch of hookers show up. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind spot. of that's how I would want my abduction to go. Oh, a bunch yeah, of aliens are probing me around. They're like, "Well, now that you sat through this, we're gonna give you a present. Here's a bunch of hookers." That's when the whores come in. <laughs> All right. After this, we get Gold Dust uh, versus Mark Marrow. Um, JR tells the man, he's like, hey, Marlena gave me a cigar to give to you. I'll give it to you later. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Uh, that was so a good line. T- Todd Pettengill's backstage with Marrow, and they do a flashback to Superstars where Mankind came out during one of his matches uh, and was calling Sable Mommy. And Sable was not too impressed by that. Uh, I remember that once I saw that I go, oh, that's right. That's a creepy thing. Yep. It was very creepy because mankind does come out again and Sables is just in absolute tears and recoiling and horror. Uh, The officials come back out and chase mankind backstage. Uh, Marrow hits a shooting star press, but the rest rest distracted by Marlena. Uh, Dude. Uh, they would not stop putting over the shooting star press. They acted like they'd never seen one before. It was really interesting. It was the first one, I think, in WWE, in WWE. Yeah. at that time. Yeah. No shit. Wow. Even pretty... though he had been doing it as Johnny B. Bad exactly. for like years. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's what, I, what threw me off. Uh, but Goldust ends up taking the win uh, cleanly. Uh, Goldust starts stalking Sable afterwards very creepily. Uh, Sable still crying. Uh, Goldust was very rapey in this one. Uh, yeah, and then Mero <laughs> ends up coming back and cleaning the house. Yeah, that was wrong. uh, it was no, it was, it was a it was good match, and then the match that we've all been waiting for Ahmed versus Farouk, the big payoff. Yep, oh, yeah, no, that doesn't happen. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, because uh, Ahmed's injured. <laughs> uh, but Farouk Asai gets in the ring with uh, Sonny. And uh, wants to know why Mansoon is just isn't giving him the title. And, uh, you know, uh, Pettengill mentions the tournament that's going to be getting on Raw. Uh, we get the uh, Jake Lawler video package to set up for their match. Uh, Mark Henry joins commentary on this one. There is a Vlad siding as well. 
Um, this one. And Bowl Cut Boy. Yeah. And Bowl Cut Boy. Both yeah. of them. Fucking I a, go, yeah. wow, Vlad and Boy Cut yeah. or a Bowl Cut Boy are all together at the same time. I go, oh, what a night. This yep. is why I like the SummerSlam. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Perfect starts running down Henry for not shaking his hand. Uh, Lawler has a bag. It's the same as Jake's, and he's got uh, bottles in his pockets. You can see. Uh, we get Whippleman as the ref on this one, which means, you know, this doesn't mean shit. Uh, my favorite part is that Lawler takes off the, the, the King's coat and he's wearing a Ravens jersey. And at first I'm Vinny. like, and, yeah. And at first yeah. I'm like, why are they? I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm like, this is when they moved. This is when the Browns moved to Baltimore. Man, yep. he's, he put it right in their fucking and he's, face. And it's one. a Testaverde jersey, yeah. too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it was fucking crazy. Oh, I thought that I as soon as he did, I had this. I had the same exact thought. I go, what is this? And I go, oh, my God. As soon as I saw the name on the back, I go, oh, I forgot all about when that happened. I'm like, because yeah. the Browns are back now, but some people forget that they went away for a little while. And won a Super Bowl after they moved away. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so Lawler basically just cuts a five minute promo promo. Doesn't miss a beat. He's running down everybody. Um, so Jake comes down and, nice. and Lawler... can I say what Lawler said? Go ahead. <laughs> Robert says his wife. Uh, yeah. Jake Roberts says his wife is ugly, but it's nothing. A light switch and a six pack won't cure. <laughs> All right. I thought it was a great line, man. Come on. It's Jerry Lawler in his prime. It wasn't as cringy as some of the other stuff he said. Uh, yeah, well, this oh, I think this whole match is cr- cringy, uh, basically. Uh, well, the ending is for sure. <clears throat> Lawler uh, eventually just takes the, uh, yeah, takes the bottle, uh, hits Jake in the throat right in front of Harvey. Uh, I, I rewatched it. Harvey was looking right at him, so I don't understand. Harvey Whippleman. Yeah, Whippleman. Uh, yep. Uh, Harvey calls him out after he counts the three but doesn't reverse it. And then, yes, Lawler does the unspeakable and just pours the booze down Jake's throat. Uh, JR even takes the time to tell us that Jake's small children are in attendance. So that makes sense. You have somebody with known substance abuse issues play on that and pour booze down his throat. It could have been apple juice for all I care. It doesn't matter. It was still I was like, bad taste. You know it wasn't, right? All right. Yeah, You're yeah. getting a little upset. Just, just, uh, It just bothers me for some reason. I don't know, man. Uh, but Mark Henry ends up helping up Jake and carries him to the back, basically. It doesn't carry him, but helps him along. Uh, well, he stops uh, Lawler as well. Yes. Shakes the yes. bottle right out of his hand. Yep, absolutely. Um, one thing I will say about the pin is that Lawler grabs the tights in the front. I've never seen that as a pin. Like huh. right above, like crotch area, grabs the waist right there and pulls for the while doing the pin. Yeah, I've never, I can't never say saw I've anybody never do ever. that before. Huh. Yeah, it was just the first time I ever I caught that. But yeah, it was uh, it was cringy enough that you know we knew that was gonna be happening. But I was actually more just excited to see a very young Mark Henry there. To me, I was like, oh, that was crazy. Cool. Oh, which speaking of. <clears throat> After Christian won his title on uh, Rampage, he I does saw. an interview backstage, and she goes, man, I love you, Mark. I'm so glad you're here. And I'm like, "Like that was an awesome like straight shoot moment. And you see, like, like made Mark Henry blush, man. He was like, oh, man, I'm happy to be here, too, <laughs> man. Like, it was, it was a good feel-good moment. That's why I'm saying I think AEW's heading in the right direction. But, all right, on to one of the coolest matches 
that I've ever seen. But I got to ask you, was any of this pre-recorded? Was it all done on the fly as a live thing? That's a good question. I don't know. I ask it because of the part where the feed cuts out. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, we're, we're having technical difficulties. Right. And there's no reason I think should have cut out. And they did it for way too long. Right. And then when it comes back, he's just slamming them in a different spot. And I was like, well, now I just question if, if some of it was pre-recorded throughout the day. But at the same point, I really don't care because it looks so good. To be honest with you, I wrote this down. This is the original cinematic match. Mm-hmm. Pretty the much. original. It's the OG, man. I mean, well, like in Taker, well, not cinematic, but I'm saying like it was a non-wrestling ring. There was, it's not your normal street fight. It was no sound, no uh, a whole lot of cheering or even other wrestlers getting involved. It was just in the boiler room and it was quiet. And it was different. I loved it. Mankind screaming and squealing throughout the whole thing. Outstanding. I love the hesitation in the beginning. As as Taker starts to walk towards the door, he goes to open it, stops, doesn't really put his hand on the the handle, then he finally does, checking everywhere but the one spot that mankind comes out and jumps him. Dude, everything from fire extinguishers to pipes to wooden uh, crates, jumping off of the ladder on... (laughs) On top of some of those crates Taker, and things yeah. like that. Threw them off. Yeah. Of yeah. Dude, I think awesome, awesome match overall. And take us through the ending. Well, I mean, I think I think one of the parts that I often forget about that I really liked was when they... Mankind is the first to get out of the boiler room. And he tries to barricade the door. And Taker just bum rushes it and bursts through. One of the best... Feats of strength I've ever seen out of Taker. I go, oh, they don't always make him look that strong, but that was cool, man. The way he, like, he put like tables, a rolling cart, all these things, and he just busted through it like it was nothing. It was awesome. Yep. And then them battling through the back with other superstars, like coming out of the locker room and cheering them on was fucking great. And then Steve Austin was in the boiler room all match. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And then. Mankind just taking a full thing of hot coffee and throwing it on Undertaker. Whoever did the effects for that because of the steam coming off of it did a pretty yep. fucking good job. Or it was really hot coffee and they were just that. I don't know, man. Down. The way they did it, he reacted like it was real. So we'll 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 say it is. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty fucking awesome. Uh, but yeah, man. So, you know, they they tease them getting to the ring. It looks like Mankind's going to win. Um Mankind exposes the concrete, doesn't get to use it. They're both on the apron. Taker is able to throw him back onto the concrete. Goes. Oh, my God. Right on the back of his head oh, yeah. and neck. And, um, dude, I don't care how much of a professional you are. You lose wind when you go backwards on concrete right on your back and mm-hmm. you're, it, it, like the way he did. And I, I'm like, he started blinking his eyes. I was like, he's about to die. Like, even though I know I've seen this guy wrestle many more matches, I was like, how is he alive even after that bump? That bitch did. Yeah, it was nasty. Uh, yeah, so Taker does the thing. He drops to one knee, puts his hand out, and fucking, nope. Ain't giving it to you. I and fucking. So now, the best part about this is how everything transpires after this. As Taker is completely confused as to why Bearer won't give it to him, Mankind comes and puts on the mandible claw. Maybe 15, 20 seconds he has it on. 
Taker's still writhing around. Tries to go after Mankind again. Puts it back on him. And it's basically them just taking the next minute or two to make sure he's down and out. And it ends with Bear clocking him with the urn. And at which point he gives it to Mankind. And it fucking Bearer's a snake, man. Made me equally as mad, I swear. Even as I, as I watch it, I go, he's about to turn on him and I don't want to see this, man. It, it's It really was like... <laughs> If I could watch the entire newscast of when the day of 9-11 happened, but stop it right before the first plane hit, that's what the feeling felt like with Paul Bear hitting him. That's a very strong correlation, but we'll go with it. Um, But Paul Bear leaves with the best line ever. I'm Paul Bear, and you're not. Exactly. But All right, thanks, Paul. As if that wasn't enough, you hear the gong, and then you hear some druidic music playing. The druids come out, naturally. It's druidic oh, music. Oh, oh, oh. Sounds like the beginning of a PM Dawn song. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> Set adrift on memory bliss. Uh, the druids uh, end up carrying Taker's lifeless corpse out of the ring and to the back. Die, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Christina Applegate. <laughs> uh, I just ruined that. All right, anyway, moving on. Uh, Doc Hendricks is backstage with Cornette and Vader. Cornette references Peter Frampton. Do you feel like we do something about, you're going to sound like Peter Frampton's guitar harmonica. I, it was just weird. Uh, but yes. Yeah, it um, fell flat. Yeah, it definitely did. So uh, our main event, Vader versus HBK for the WWF World title. There was an over-the-tops. There was actually a couple over-the-top spots. I think there was one at the beginning, but the big one was it looked like Michaels might have been a little bit hurt because there was a camera right in his face, and he fucking shoves it right out of his face. Uh, I think we're really starting to hit peak Michaels douchebag On prescription pills and being a dickhead. Yeah, you're seeing it now. So you get very irritable very quick at all the cameramen all the time. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh, HBK ends up getting counted out, so Vader wins, but obviously doesn't win the title. Cornette gets on the mic, pissed off. You, you know, get back in the ring, restart it. You know, and HBK's like, yeah, fine, I'll get back in there, fine. Uh, HBK actually starts giving Lothario attitude at this point. Um, Vader goes right for HBK on the outside. Cornette hits... Uh, Wait, what? Oh, Cornette hits uh, Shawn Michaels with the racket while the ref is dealing with Lothario. Um, HBK goes for a super kick. Cornette holds his leg. HBK clocks him. The racket goes in the ring, and he uses that on Vader, DQing himself. So that's twice that Michaels has won. And guess what? Cornette gets back on the mic. He wants a clean finish. And Monsoon and all the other officials are out there. Monsoon says, okay, fine. Uh, HBK immediately hits a super kick, but only gets a two count, which I thought that was cool at least. Uh, we get a ref bump. Uh, two times during, at this point, Vader does click taunts. He gets Michaels in a powerbomb position and puts his arms out to the side like Scott Hall. Then later when he goes to do another I one, realize that until now. Wow. he puts his hand up in the air like Diesel. Fucking awesome. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. You know he knows what the fuck was going on. Uh, he sets up for the Vader bomb. Uh, ends up going to the top instead for a moonsault. He misses. HBK does a moonsault press. 
gets the pin. And this was the night that Leon cried. <laughs> Singing bye-bye he... to pushing the big guy. Thought he's going to take it all, but the push just up and died. The boys in the back had nothing to say but why. Singing this will be the day HBK whines. I took the time to write it out. I might as well at least sing it. I can tell. <laughs> it Yo, could have been better. First, but this yeah. is the match where... Uh, it's the night Leon cried. Not only give he makes Leon cry, this is the one where he gives him a very stiff kick shot to the head, too. Uh, yes. While Leon's down and kicks him real hard in the head. Oh, yeah, I just called him Leon again. Um, so, <clears throat> story time. Oh, yes. This match ends three times. First, let me say this. If you end the thing three times, Vader should have walked out on the third one controversially with the title. If that's how you were going to do it. If not, just beat him in the first fall. What was the point? Or end it with a DQ like you did SummerSlam 93 or a countout. Lex Luger celebrated like he won the whole world title yeah, know, that right? night. And all he did was beat him by a countout. So you could have very easily had Vader just win like that and say, well, I did get a win over you. Let's bring it to the next pay-per-view. Whatever you want to at this point. Just saying. However. All right. How many falls were in this match? Three. Yeah. Ask me how many falls I watched. How many falls did you watch? Zero. All right. Last week, I was telling you about my buddy. He's in jail. And, and now, it wasn't then. I was hanging in his house while he was in jail. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, we're like, let's see. I was like 14. So. Hanging at my buddy's house. I was told, eh, you may not want to go hang out with him. I mean, I've heard he's a bad apple, you know. First, it was the one who didn't want to sit on the couch. Now, it's another guy that he, they saw the writing on the wall, apparently, which apparently very well, I'm not going to lie. But while we're watching, it's the main event. We've been drinking and chugging Mountain Dew. He has an empty two-liter next to him, and he has to piss bad, but he doesn't want to go upstairs. So he starts pissing in the bottle. Whatever, man, 14-year-old kids, right? You know, whatever. His dad comes in, gets, sees him doing it. I don't want to say his kid maybe I maybe had a rough childhood, but either way. Uh, dad comes in, loses his motherfucking mind, and goes, you're going home right now. Andrew, go to your room. Kicks the bottle by accident and knocks over onto the floor, which is already a fucked up scenario. As I'm walking out, I have to hit eject real quick because I convinced him to let me record the, the thing. He's like, oh, I don't need it. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you record it, and you can have the, the copy of it. I have like two hours and 30 minutes on VHS of SummerSlam. It stops halfway through the Shawn Michaels-Vader match because this kid decided to piss in a bottle. His dad got mad. And I had to go home. I never got to finish that pay-per-view. Never saw the match in its entirety until just the other night. So thanks to that kid pissing in a bottle, I missed that match. But I didn't miss much. Three falls and the guy still got to keep his title. It was a shit show. Like it, it was on my end too, obviously. You know what I mean? I mean, like, Pistro. It, it was piss a piss poor. It's piss poor. It, you know what? He had piss poor judgment. That's the whole thing. There you go. 
Look, I didn't say it was the best story of all time. I'm just saying this is what happened. Oh, I, know. I had to miss the end of the pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> if you did, I would have said something, but you know. Are you ready for the best piss story of all time no. in a Mountain Dew bottle <laughs> while watching a pay-per-view? <laughs> All right, so that's how SummerSlam goes off the air. All right, man, what else happened? We have Monday. We have a, we have like six more shows to talk about. Yeah, Let's I go. know, right? Well, you know, uh, kayfabe, pal. Uh, you know, obviously, we both had a very busy weekend. You're in town, a lot of time uh, spending, you know, seeing people, uh, a little vacation for the family for me. So hard to watch with all these shows. So we're going to just kind of breeze through these shows a little bit. Totally all about it. Let's do it. <clears throat> all right. Because so nothing we'll really major or noteworthy actually happened. I feel like the better stuff happened actually, like, at the other shows already, ones yep. we've talked about. But, yeah, Pretty let's much. do it. Uh, so, Raw, we actually have Kevin Kelly in Vince McMahon's spot uh, for announcing, which is interesting. His for his debut as a commentator on Raw. Uh, we start with the IC title tournament quarterfinals. It's Owen Hart defeating David Boy Smith via countout. Um, let's see. Uh, Shawn Michaels is going to be facing Mankind at the following months in your house. Undertaker is going to face Goldust in a final curtain match. Um, so earlier in the match, uh, video feed had the fake static, uh, and the commentators were blatantly saying that it was basically Taker. Uh, and then they went back to Cornette. He talked about uh, commentary from backstage. He said he wasn't at ringside. He didn't want to have to choose between either of his guys. Rants about Vader beating Michaels twice the night before, not walking out with the title, and that Clarence Mason is trying to steal his talent. So we're pushing those storylines. Then says Yokozuna has rejoined Camp Cornette, and he got him a match in the main event against Shawn Michaels for the title. Interesting. I didn't even know the guy was still around at this point, still. Same. Same. <laughs> even though he just got beat the night before against uh, Stone Cold. Even so, I was like, well, he's got to be done soon. I don't think he's going to be around much more after this. I mean, I thought he was actually done after the the, the whole broken leg angle, and then he keeps coming back. I, I Okay, I guess Yoko does stay around for a while. Yeah, right. Uh, let's see. Yep, that's it. Uh, uh, Cornette called Sonny a slut. That, that also happened. Uh, I rewound it. I go, <laughs> did he actually just say it? And he was straight up slut. All right. Yep. Uh, Vader defeated Freddie Joey. He is a... Uh, what do you call it? People that predict the future. <laughs> Soothsayer. Yeah. <laughs> Psychic. You shall be. Yeah. You shall be a slut one day. First, you'll start on doing a video where you will poot yourself. And then one day you'll have an OnlyFans page. Fantastic. Uh, Vader defeated Freddie Joe Floyd. I had to say, say it slower, so I was going to stumble all over my words. Uh, two Vader bombs for this one, a squash. Uh, Mark Henry came ringside and was signing autographs. Uh, Vader confronted Henry, but Henry just kind of smiled and ignored him. Uh, Cornette hops on commentary, uh, and they did more of that fake static uh, interference during the match, and the lights flicker a little bit this time. Uh, after that, we get Goldust uh, winning a four-man battle royal. Uh, by eliminating Savio Vega. Uh, the winner earns a title match, world title match on Raw. Uh, I'm sorry, on Friday for the on Raw championship. The, the fucking words in here, I apparently can't type. Gets a title <laughs> shot, bro, okay? You don't wear a helmet, do you? Yeah, No, I don't. Uh, after the <laughs> Goldust, after eliminating Vega, Austin comes back into the ring and attacks Vega. They're still kind of... Uh, 
playing off of that. Uh, so in our main event, we do get uh, Michaels uh, defeating Yokozuna. Um, they show Yoko losing the night before uh, on free-for-all to Austin. Uh, Cornette came middle of the contest uh, to be in Yoko's corner, as he said, uh, and does attack Lothario with the tennis racket uh, before running off backstage. Uh, we did get an in-ring interview with Jim Ross, uh, with Mankind and Paul Bear kind of going over the recent uh, events. Uh, so Bearer claiming that Taker has passed away and was gone for eternity. Uh, then the lights go out, the gong hits, the druids come back out. Uh, Bearer claiming, uh, he was behind it and it's only Taker's body. Uh, druids lay Taker in the aisle, sits up, uh, pyro hits, mankind bear powder into the crowd. So fucking pretty cool. An immediate payoff. It was cool. Don't play it too long. Let's keep that shit hot and let's keep it going. I love it. Taker's back. Fucking great. So that's your show for Raw. Keeping storylines. I like it. I thought it was the hottest thing since Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Oh, Jesus. Okay. No, I can look at you. Uh, Merchant Marines. I was in the Merchant Marines, personally. (laughs) One little skid mark. You would have thought I started with a horse. I just went for it. I just went for the skid mark. (laughs) I own a condo. That's hysterical. So you said the Merchant Marines. I'm like, ooh, the skid mark. I forgot all about that. That was outstanding. B. Arthur, outstanding. But what I was teeing you up with, I uh, when I said the Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, Marky Mark, that guy sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Beavis and Butthead calling? Oh my God, we saw you guys dwell last. You guys night. suck. You guys suck. <laughs> Why don't you make the girls get naked? <laughs> oh my god i love when because they, they're swearing he goes you're on the radio or blah blah am i on the radio hey that's what i just said dipshit and he looks over at my he's like whoa what they're doing it <laughs> all, right. all right let's run down nitro let's do nitro quick because i don't really have any, any notes on this uh starts with duggan getting his win back beating vk wall street 50 50 guess what he used what's that guess what he used um scotch tape Scotch tape. See, it would be more entertaining if each week he had different types of tape. He came out with masking tape, scotch tape, painter's tape. That'd be awesome. But you're using the same one every week, man. See, I like that. That was a good one. Scotch tape. I like that. There you go. Even Uh, if you open up a VHS tape, rip that thing open and started wrapping that thing around his hand. Get creative. Oh, don't give him any ideas. You might see that somewhere soon. (laughs) Measuring Uh, tape. You, you got it out of your system? You good? <laughs> Take a step back, man. You're standing on my dick. Chris Benoit defeated wait, Earl wait. Robert Eaton. Rodney King. Rodney King. He's that guy. Rodney King. <laughs> what the best line. What's that supposed to mean? He's that guy. <laughs> he is that guy. He is that guy. All we did right. get something my good. My name isn't Chaz. It's Chester. Chaz. <laughs> Play D and D. All right, all right. Let Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit defeated Earl Robert Eaton. Scott Norton beat the shit out of Disco Inferno. So something good came out of this night. It uh, did actually. I I said I go wow. ODM's gonna like this one. Hell yeah, I like Scott Norton and I hate Disco Inferno. It can't get any better than that. Dean Malenko defeated Lord Steven Regal. Uh, we get the Nasty Boys. Uh, one of them is actually in the hospital. 
uh, currently with some medical issues. So shout out to that dude, even though yeah. I hated the Nasty Boys. Uh, and they defeated Public Enemy for like the 50th time since we started doing this. Uh, we got a singles match, Chavo Guerrero Jr. defeating Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, and then we get another tag team title match. This time it's Harlem Heat against the American Males. Harlem retains. Uh, show goes off the air with the Giant defeating Randy Savage by DQ. That's Nitro. No real signs of NWO or anything, which is so weird. <clears throat> nope. Yep. Now, I do want to say something here. I may have failed with my SummerSlam story. Can I try to redeem it with a That Boy story? <laughs> Anytime you want to tell a That Boy story, I'm down. Nasty Boys come to Rochester. I've heard this story. Did I do it on the air? Is it when he picked him up and he was a real douchebag to him or something like that? They were The Nasty Boys were complete dicks to that boy <laughs> because they opened he opened up the car for him and that boy is not what you would call cleanly often and there was just like so much shit on the floor, dog hair all over the seats. Like it looked like he has not put a vacuum to the car in six years. And they were like, we're not riding in this shit. You scumbag. <laughs> so, you know what? Maybe I wasn't a fan of the nasty boys and their wrestling, but that's a cool moment, man. Good for you guys. <laughs> Does that story redeem? That's a redeemer. I'll take it. Ooh, redemption story. Woohoo. All right, man. This week is wrapped up and done and next week we won't be uh lip syncing to to a music video we'll be in a jail singing our hit song degenerated sorry all right <laughs> <laughs> wait what about hey before i go that's the best part rex he's sitting there super shabby he's playing the bass and doing the hump yeah yo rex hey, yeah. what are you doing man <laughs> In the all-men's prison. <laughs> when he sees the two guys, he just goes back to playing the bass. Just it's awesome. <laughs> all right. This week is done. Next week, we're coming back with, of course, more Monday Night Wars. Another Judd Nelson movie. Little hint, as we already told you. And next week, a top topic that, you know, we tend to have different types of unsung heroes we had our unsung heroes of the uh the monday night wars that you had had uh, that we made that list right we had a whole lot of different types of unsung heroes and this time we are going to be talking about something i brought up a couple of weeks back in our bring it to the table i said we just don't have these guys anymore and we need them jobbers jobbers where are they where have they gone and we're going to talk about some of the best ones of all time. First one that comes to your mind, of course, Mr. Slap himself on the back, Barry Horowitz. But, you know, you we mentioned Freddie Joe Floyd. That, that He was a, a enhancement talent. You needed a good guy to be the bad guy. Barry Horowitz was generally your, probably your bad guy up against some of the good guys. You know, yep. but a lot, of, a lot of unsung heroes, you know, no, no pun intended, that we're going to be talking about next week. Very excited for. Um, and, of course... As always, we love to end our show with our movie quote of the week. And, man, I, I got to be honest. I, I've been really trying to put my mind together as to which wrestler I was going to make you be today. And I don't think I've ever asked you to do this one yet, man. And if I, if I have, you may want to tell me I'm wrong, but I think you should leave us 
well, first let me just say, because in case it's proper, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Mark Fantasia, the professor. I bid you a farewell. We'll see you next Wednesday. And ODM is going to leave us with his movie quote in the week of the week in the form of the winner of the Boiler Room Brawl, Mankind. Have I done it before? Oh, shit, I don't, I don't think remember. You have. <clears throat> did Paul Bear? Is, That's all, why. All, all I can hear is pig squealing. I'm trying to get in. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to hear. <laughs> I'm gonna snap your heads off with my dick. Yeah, and blood's gonna come out of your head. There's nothing you can do about it because I'm a madman. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. kfabenews.com trusted source for all your wrestling news <laughs> it's kfabenews.com <laughs>